Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Radio family, good morning and welcome. Another weekend edition of Community Focus. Very nice that you are back and very nice to have our public affairs program that can be heard every Saturday and Sunday here on our intercom stations. Not only your wonderful company, but the company of this gentleman. We were just talking seconds ago. (laughs) How long, because neither one of us can seem to remember, but that's okay, because you're here. Joel Leonard, how have you been? It's been amazing. I can't believe it's been five or six years since I've been here. I was going to say, are we going to have enough time to get caught up on what you've been doing since that time? I don't think so, there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) It is, it is. Well, let me just, uh, right off the bat, Joel, as, as we talk about, and by the way, our topic or our conversation, topic of discussion will be about the maker movement, and we'll get into the particulars of that. But as you travel to and fro, both in the country and outside of the country, do people still refer to you as the maintenance man? Because that's where it all started for you and me. Well, a lot of people still know me as that. that, And in fact, you know, just last week I was at Dudley High School, and the teacher there referenced, when he introduced me to his students, he says, I remember listening to him on a Saturday morning on WQMG talking about the importance of maintenance. And he wow. says, finally, somebody that gets it. Oh, excellent. And so it was really cool. that, that Again, that's yeah. been 15 years ago I since I was say, originally on here. Yeah, absolutely. It was 2005, so it's almost 15 years. years ago. And here we are in yeah. 2019. So glad to see you. You're looking well, my friend. Well, thank you. It's been a tough uh, couple of years on some things. but. Yeah. But business-wise, and, and, you know, I've made a transition. I went from just being a maintenance guy because yeah. I used to write a column in Plant Services Magazine, and, and the mm-hmm. editor said, all right, Joel, we get it. There's a problem. You've yeah. told us there's a problem. We now know there's a problem. Right. But what are we going to do about the problem? Exactly. And so so I, uh, I found out about some geeky guys that were meeting at a coffee house and they had big plans, and they, they would go around twice a month and sit around with people showing up at Geeksboro, and, and they literally would say, what do we want to make? How are we going to make this? And they passed the hat, and they raised $5,000, and and they, they said, we need to get a building. We need to put in machining. We need to do all this. And so I found out who they were. I went and saw what they were doing, and I said, help let me help you. And so that helped. That was the beginnings of the Forge. Forge exactly. It was called the Greensboro Hacker Space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, guys, man, I don't mind starting at the bottom, but don't be digging holes. You're making this harder. If you call this the Hacker Space, we're going to have to explain to people you're not stealing credit cards. Right, exactly. And so we got to change the name. And we went on this tour of all the spaces. And there was a place that used to be 100 years ago, a blacksmith mm-hmm. shop. And they had this this uh, boiler that had been sheared off, and they had all these metal shavings. And I was like, oh, that's a forge. Yeah. 
And I was like, that's, that's your mascot. Name. That's you your name. That's what you do. <laughs> Almost had to put them in a headlock. Even then, they wasn't resi- they were resistive from doing it. But right. And then I got them to let me be their community outreach. And that's the difference maker. Right. Uh, they had some genius guys and still do. Yeah. But they didn't really have, they had the introverted focus and they were going to be a geek club mm-hmm. if, if I hadn't intervened. Right. And so now, in the first year that we started with them, we had 16 new companies formed, nine patents were filed, nice. and we estimated at least 50 people got jobs wow, in the first year. That is and, and so now, I mean, they, they've, they found a guy that could build on what I was doing, this guy mm-hmm. named Joe Rotundi, and he's taken up miles beyond what I ever could imagine. But he met with me, right. and he has implemented things that I thought needed to continue, mm-hmm. and he has done outstanding. He's set up homeless training programs to where skills to the trade, pathways to the trades, right. to where people that are get, they get sponsored. They actually have educators. And they can go through and pick up skills, and then they get to, um, they get into job opportunities. That is fantastic. And the city gave them a hundred thousand dollars last year. Mm-hmm. The uh, community gave them a hundred thousand. So now they're expanding. They're doing great work. Wonderful. And the White House uh, put out a call uh, back in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, for makerspace organizers to come to the White House and talk about how they did things. Excellent. And that's pretty much where the core of our conversation will come from this morning. But before I get started with asking you exactly what is a or what is the maker movement uh, to share with you, Joel, and to say uh, you have just as a, a famous athlete is done, you've taken your talents not only across the country, but literally around the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's been a, a blessing in so yeah. many ways. I've been mm-hmm. able to go to India and, and, you know, last week in New Zealand, I was heart uh, touched because of the, uh, the, the terrorism issue that yeah. they had there. And, yeah. uh, that is one of the most beautiful countries it's in good. the world. Wow. Humble. It's a have to do. I mean, it's 24 hour flight, mm-hmm. but it's, if you get there, it is unbelievable. It's worth the trip. Well, I'm so happy that you had the opportunity to make it. Yeah, I've been to 40 countries about Wow, that is amazing. Now, Joel, let's get into that. What exactly is the Maker Movement? Share that with our our listeners this morning. Well, the Maker Movement may have a more, uh, uh, somebody might want to look it up online and Google it, but it it might be more of an articulate than what I'm going to state. But basically, it's the movement to where we counter the consumer Mm -hmm. movement, where everybody buys something and uh, they have no clue of how to make it. And, and well, here we are, you know, my generation's about to walk out the door. I'm, I'm a part of the, can't call us baby boomers. We're all <laughs> geezers now when things aren't booming, they're busting. And yeah. so we got to have the, we got to pass it on. We either right. we pass it on or we drop it on them. And so it's so important that we start building the pipeline of skilled technicians, which is still my mission. Right. I just transcended past maintenance mm-hmm. into building the pipelines of the talent pools that are needed that incorporates uh, maintenance, but also electronics and electrical and mechanical and woodworking and metalworking and all of those aspects uh, is the maker movement. And, the, and it's just amazing 
there's now workshops all over the country. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't invent it, but the Obama administration got wind of this, and he pushed it. He got. I attended some uh, congressional uh, maker caucuses, and there were cabinet members who you could see in their depth and their detail and their discussion that somebody was holding them accountable for mm-hmm. building maker spaces in museums and libraries and right. uh, all these different national park systems even have um, various aspects incorporating make, make, uh, the maker movement. So we have, and they're putting them in juvenile detention centers, they're putting them in retirement homes, mm-hmm. they're putting them in our education system, and money and funding is getting in there. So this is a national movement where we are finally appreciating this, the, the hand skills that's needed to make something. Absolutely, Joel. And it brings to mind a couple of things. One, of movement that is so huge that it can't be ignored. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is. And, and we've got, and, and there's a, a magazine that everybody needs to Google and, and look up called mm-hmm. Make Magazine. They got behind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, um, they're, that organization for creating these things, I, they're like a cross between a science fair and a country yeah. fair. They're called Maker Affairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Lynchburg this weekend, uh, April 6th and 7th. I'll be in uh, Miami. Um, and here in North Carolina, the one of the best is located in Holly Hill Mall in Burlington. Wow. And uh, the Burlington Mini Maker Fair. And and that's uh, – uh, uh, they got 5,000 people that show up. At that wow. Thing. Yeah. That is a big deal. Talk about being huge. And speaking of the maker movement, Joel – what impact has it had both locally and even around the world? Well, as I stated, and you know, we had 16 new companies formed, nine mm-hmm. patents filed, and over 50 people got jobs in the first year. Right. We're getting new entrepreneurs starting new things. We're Excellent. getting, uh, and and the best thing that I see happening out mm-hmm. of this, Renee, mm-hmm. is the old timers are teaching the shop the, skills. Yeah. And the kids are to teaching the, the old timers. To, uh-huh. to how to use their cell phone and how to use 3D printer. Wow. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think, I want to say this was you that posted it. I'm pretty sure it was you that posted it, that that showed a, a grandchild. I can't remember if it was a little boy or a little girl, but he or she was with her granddad. And they, they were learning. How to weld? How to weld. That's that was, what yeah, it was. That yeah, was you. Yeah, that yeah, was that me. was you. I, I thought that was just the yeah, coolest thing. Yeah, nine-year-old kid learning how yeah, to weld. And, right. and they learn... He, he gives him uh, nine years but mm-hmm. before he gets employable. Yeah. And if he starts that pathway, he will have Pass. something. There's yeah. a little girl down the road from here. She mm-hmm. was on Good Morning America, and she's made her dad taught her how to weld and taught her how to paint and do mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And they have made arts and crafts, and she saved up enough money to buy a 1957 Chevy. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you posted that too on, yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, little gal out of Seagrove. Wow. That she's is nine just amazing. Years old. Just nine. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is I unbelievable. mean, she's got six years before, seven years before she even gets to, she can't even put her feet on the pedal. Right. But exactly. she'll have her car all decked out. It'll right. be ready by the time she's. Get- isn't that amazing? And she sold all this stuff because right. her dad and her mom taught her how to do this, and they go to all these different uh, uh, yards or t- uh, sales type mm-hmm. things and consignment shops, and she sells out. That's amazing. And Joel, just think of all the parents that are listening now, thinking, "Why can't my kid do this?" Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, again, it's, it's it takes a little. You got to get them willing to yeah. take a risk. 
But, I mean, we don't teach them how to do anything like that anymore. And and one thing you mentioned about the impact, Mm -hmm. this, if you want to build the middle class, you've got to, the middle class is the dominion or domain of tools. Mm -hmm. The rich don't need to know how to use tools because they can hire the middle class. But the middle class, they can have access to the funding to be able to buy it. Also, the access to the funding to be able to afford the training. So if you want to open up the doors, you make it accessible exactly. to the poor who don't have the uh, the funding to buy the tools right. or Good the point. training is very expensive. So you give them more access. That's why these maker spaces, I mean, they typically average $50 a month. The one mm-hmm. local's 54 We've got one in Winston called Mixer, and we've got one in Burlington called Steam Junction. And Thomasville's trying to get one off the ground, too. Mm-hmm. Great. In, in the former T. Austin Finch mm-hmm. home place. So, so here in locally, we've got several in the development. And, and again, it's something that the uh, we need. And they run scholarships to allow people that don't have funding to be able to get paid. And so Rotary clubs and other groups donate to these things. And they uh, try to make it affordable to where anybody mm-hmm. can have access to them. And I fought locally to make sure we had a diverse populace here. Because mm-hmm. you know me and you are sisters and brothers, and, right. and, and i got to have every kind of person you can think of. And i got to tell you, I am so proud about what we did. Uh, this guy named Andrew Clement was a shop teacher down mm-hmm. at uh, uh, Thomasville High. He and me, and it was Wendy Sellers, the city council lady, asked me to build a makerspace in Thomasville. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if Thomasville has enough people. Right. But I went. I worked at Thomasville Furniture. My mom worked there. They shipped the jobs to China. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, we got to do something. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how many times I got dropped on my head, but sometimes I get crazy ideas. <laughs> right. In. And I was like, you know what? Build a bear was a cool idea because you go in, all the parts are there, and you right. put them together. Mm-hmm. So why don't we do build a chair? Oh, I love it. So we had five events last year where we actually, and it was the week after Charlottesville. Wow. So when people were running over each other and fighting each other because they had different ideas and different colors and different backgrounds, and they were not American as I envision it. And the next week, we're like, you know, Gandhi says, be the change you want to see. Well, we were. We literally... We brought together groups. We had about 40 of us, Mm -hmm. and we had six-year-old all the way up to 80-year-old, all kind of ethnic groups, all kinds of background, people from India, people from South America, people from all over. The way it should be. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they took on a task that they didn't know how to do. They never, None of them knew how to make a chair. We had the shop class actually make the parts. Mm -hmm. The shop, the students were teaching the adults and everybody how to do it. It it was so cool. (laughs) And then uh, we had this little six-year-old show up, and we this Indian engineer who worked at Honda Jet. She Mm -hmm. pulled him under her her wing, and and he. I got a picture. You got to see this. This is. Mm This kid is walking away with a smile on his face, carrying this chair, and he's it's a smile you don't get by buying something at Walmart. I mean, this kid is proud, and I can guarantee oh, you, you 20 years from now, he'll mm-hmm. be bragging about that chair exactly. he made when he was six years old. 
But we did that, and that brought back mm-hmm. a legacy and a and the mojo, as I call it, from of manufacturing in Thomasville. Because exactly. that was a community that literally had his heart ripped out. Mm-hmm. They shipped everything, sell it to China. They gave it to them. And the community lost so many jobs, 5,000 jobs in the area. Right, exactly. And exactly. so they still haven't recovered. But that week, those five events, we mm-hmm. got them going. So that's what the maker movement does. It can help bring communities together, help Absolutely. them learn how to do new things and respond. And, again, that's what we were built on is making stuff, not sitting back and going to – Amazon and click it on a button and have it delivered next day. Very true. <laughs> Joel, that is a beautiful experience. I want to leave with our listeners this morning. We're going to take a break. It's just so good to have you back. I got a lot of questions for you. We talked about the maker movement. I want to get into discussion with you into what exactly is a maker space. Okay. So let's do that after we come back from this break. Family, it's good to have you back. Same here. Thank you. And Radio Family, thank you for being here. There is more of the weekend edition of Community Focus. We'll be back after this. It is more of the weekend edition of Community Focus. We are back from break. Thank you, Radio Family, for your wonderful company and, of course, the company of members of our Community Focus family. Joel Leonard joins me, Renee Vaughn, for our public affairs show. And, Joel, you did such a wonderful job in in sharing with us about the importance of the maker movement. And just before the break, I wanted to to shift gears, pun intended there, and talk about what is a maker space. Let's get the particulars on that. Okay, well, a maker space is just another term for like a community workshop. It's okay. like a YMCA, except you don't lift weights or a planet fitness, mm-hmm. but you, you make stuff. Right, right. And uh, I've been staying, I've been actually uh, uh, joined Planet Fitness recently, and it's amazing how similar it is. Wow. They have uh, a, their uh, bad member is called Lunkhead Rick, and he bangs the tools, he's disrespectful to all the people, and, and he goes around flexing his muscles and yeah. acting like he's Mr. Hotshot. Well, the same is true in the maker movement. We call him Sheldon Cooper Syndrome. Okay. People that push other people down in order to lift them up. Okay. And in a community maker space or a community workshop, you try to lift every, if you're, mm-hmm. if you know more than anybody else, well, that gives you a sense of responsibility to share that, that with you somebody. have to lift other people yeah. up. Yeah. You got to teach those classes. Exactly. So, so it's that type of mindset. And that's the most difficult part of building a maker space is not only trying to afford the space, try, mm-hmm. which is not easy, or finding a good space, right. not only finding good members, finding good equipment, but finding the culture that creates mm-hmm. that environment to where if you don't know, you can easily ask and get somebody to help you. Right. And it's that safe, uh, friendly environment so difficult to build. And, and so... That's why uh, when I started this quest, I reached out to this group called the Nation of Makers, mm-hmm. and they highly encouraged me to go out and do this. So last year, I went to 35 states, met with 80, wow. 80 maker spaces, yeah. only started last March, wow. and, uh, and have year. went to 10 maker fairs mm-hmm. and um, have uh, been, been in several maker conferences. But it's been so fun to, to watch these. I mean, there's some really amazing smart folks that hang, that hang out these places yeah. and i mean there's one down in tampa that made a satellite that in uh that beat out mit in a really? competition that nasa yeah. held 
that they're going to launch their does Tampa hackerspace. Uh, they they call themselves the hackerspace, uh, but they um, they're launching their satellite and it's got a propulsion capability that mm-hmm. beat out MIT. Wow, that says a lot. When yeah, you, when you can beat out MIT, S- so it, it's so cool when you get these kind of groups and they get to mm-hmm. work together and and they build things. And, and there's groups uh, that have created these things called magic wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. And it's basically taking somebody that's got some type of muscular dystrophy or some type of challenge and they're mm-hmm. sequestered to a wheelchair and give design their wheelchair to look like a, a Batman or a, a Starfighter wow. or uh, the Transformer. That? Yeah. And these engineers donate their time to do this, and they give it to the, to the recipient. Mm-hmm. And they've got that for their Halloween, and they go out, and they're no longer, you know, as mean kids call them freaks. They're now mm-hmm. superheroes. Mm-hmm. And so it's so cool to see these things. They just did this in Akron. They did it in Orlando, and they're building one in Tampa now. Mm-hmm. So they these it really is amazing to see all these collective geniuses yeah. unite and come together right. and make something really cool. Absolutely. Now you touched on the word maker fair, yeah. and that just kind of gave us a, a brief description of what takes place mm-hmm. at one and when one goes to one. Now, what's uh, happening with apprenticeship? Because a lot of that has to do with both the maker movement, the maker space, and the maker fair, Joel. Well, yeah, I mean, what basically a maker fair is a celebration of making, and, and so apprenticeships are basically creating the vocational development and skill sets yeah. to be able to prepare somebody for the workforce. Mm-hmm. So many people, and we've had this. Uh, scandal that happened with college admissions yeah. and things like that and it exposed some of the underbelly that's been going on for for a long for, time yeah i yeah. mean it's just this not is the, really new maybe new to some of us but the fact that it's come to the surface yeah really. yeah i mean we all know there's people that gotten into school that had no business being there absolutely and uh just because of their bank account or their mm-hmm. parents bank account. Mm-hmm. so so you know but it's what the apprenticeships does is you don't have to go to college. You can be a success and get into a technical training program mm-hmm. and go to school as you're doing, doing it. it right. And it gets you ready for and you're getting paid while you go. You do it, yeah. So this the Guilford Apprenticeship Program has now become the triads model. Mm-hmm. Other communities around the area are using that and they're uh, working with their community college and they're uh, granting scholarships for this. The sad thing is I mm-hmm. learned last week is they've had a few court classes in that. Mm-hmm. The younger kids aren't applying for it. Oh, wow. And they aren't even considering it. And their yeah. teachers are like banging their head up because I've told all these kids about this, but they mm-hmm. aren't even focused on that. Right, right. And so it's it's a, why I don't understand why they just don't do that. And I think part of it is we don't glorify it enough. It's still new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we glorify We're getting ready. We're being saturated with basketball programming because it's March. Mm. But, you know, it's um, it's really a shame when 0.04% of all high school football players mm-hmm. ever make it to play on Sunday. True. That's a good and point. And I had got into a heated discussion with the young man on last week when I was at Dudley. Mm-hmm. He was locked in. He was saying, you know, I'm going to do this. I've done it all my life. And right. I said, well, that's fine, but you ain't got a paycheck yet. Yeah. 
And how do you know you're going to get one? And what are you going to do if you bust your knee? Exactly. If that and, injury comes. And you know. he was like, ah, oh, that ain't going to happen to me. He thinks, wow. you know, he's Superman. Well, he finally came around, and I, God bless him, he came over and shook my hand and sent me a nice note. Mm-hmm. He finally realized, I mean, you got to have a backup plan. Absolutely. And why not have the first plan to be a technical career? Absolutely. Officer? And you know what, too, Joel? Kudos to the teachers that are really trying to get the word out to some of their students because you know who I think of right off the bat, a good mutual friend of ours in Ricky Lewis. Yes. Over at Dudley. Yeah. And some of the programs that he's had a lot of his students, both formerly and currently involved. I mean, the exposure. He is the model. Yeah. He is the model of what we got to build. I mean, we need a thousand more Ricky Lewis's out there because we got to have that pipeline. Absolutely. And he only can work with small batches of them because right. of the intensity of what he does. Mm-hmm. But if we could get him him clones in some way, my God, I mean, they literally went from the brink of closing down Dudley mm-hmm. to becoming national champions when they literally beat out Duke, Harvard, MIT, right, all the most prestigious that. programs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Their their vehicle went 108, and the other one went 63 mm-hmm. miles per gallon on yeah. crutches, walkers, and strollers. Mm-hmm. While the other schools had enough endowment, enough money, they could just order it and assemble it. Right, exactly. These kids had to, I mean, it takes a lot more smarts to turn trash into treasure than right. it is. To do that, and speaking of that, before we run out of time, I want oh, to yeah. talk about this. Absolutely, because let me let me let me set the scene for you, uh, radio family. Is that when Joel and I, when we sat down before we began our, our conversation and discussion with you this morning, we were uh, talking about Joel uh, very briefly, the the situation that a lot of people are familiar with, the uh, water crisis in Flint, Michigan, and the fact that all of these plastic bottles. Yeah, which the, the solution the became solutions, a problem. Right, exactly. And so starting out with it and then the city ending up with too much of it. And the question being, what are we going to do with all of these plastic bottles? I never thought as a, a typical Joe, and I mean, you know, we recycle on a regular basis and there's a lot of things that we can do with plastic. But the items that you brought to me here in the studio, it's amazing when I look at them and to think, Okay, let's start with, and I'm describing here, Joel, you've got a sock, a black sock here that has a nice design on it. And Joel, I don't know if you're going to take a picture and later post it on your social media pages. Okay, great, great. But to think that the materials that you brought here for a little show and tell Mm -hmm. is they're made out of those same plastic bottles. That were in Flint, Michigan. That were in Flint, Michigan. And the same for this lovely gray T-shirt that you have here in the studio. Out of seven water bottles, bottles for that shirt and one for the sock. And the sock. And the material is just fantastic yeah. when, when you feel it. And so when you think about situations like that and how much ingenuity went into making these products out of water bottles. And it's made right, right here, here, lead in Greensboro, exactly. North Carolina. Exactly. I mean, I literally got on the phone when they told us this, that they were having these problems. I got right. on the phone, got a hold of the CEO, mm-hmm. and they was uh, sent down to an engineer, and he hooked me up. And we got, wow. within two months, they mm-hmm. were grinding the bottles. They were assembling them and grinding them and shipping them down in train loads 
down in North Carolina. Amazing. And they were ma- now making 24 million water bottles into clothing. That is amazing. And Joel, when we think about, as we were just discussing, you know, like you said, you, your, your generation hoping to pass the torch when we talk about the maker movement. I want it, and I don't think I've ever had this opportunity to ask you this question, because not only is your passion or your emphasis on getting more young persons involved in the maker movement, are more girls and or women taking advantage of the maker movement or the maker space? Because we were talking about the little girl that, that yeah. you know, has her own, you know, her own home car, only however old she is now. Mm-hmm. And then to see how much of an impact, especially when a lot of times you don't put maintenance and female in the same sentence. And, and it's a sad thing because yeah. women are attention to detail. They, they focus exactly. on things. Exactly. And they, they also don't have Superman complex where they let something break and then come be the hero. Mm-hmm. They'll make sure it never breaks to begin with. Right. And so, so yes, uh, I think the maker movements made a big uh, splash in being multi-ethnic, multi-gender, being inclusive. Right. Exactly. And the nation of makers actually made that a major theme mm-hmm. of, of doing that. And so, um, and the Nation of Makers is a meta organization that supports all the maker uh, spaces around the country. So, nice. So that's been a big issue and a big opportunity. Right. Uh, believe it or not, I created a Facebook page because when we were trying to set up welding classes, we mm-hmm. couldn't get women in them. Okay. So I created an added four-letter word to the front, and it's been amazing. I've got over 900 members of this Facebook group yeah. uh, called Wild Women Welders. Welders. <laughs> www. Yeah, and, and what's cool is I go around the country, and I've been coaching these maker spaces, and right. one of them in particular up in Pittsburgh had a young lady who's who was frustrated because her welding teacher, mm-hmm. when she was in high school, put her, she says, I've picked up how to do this. I, my dad kind of taught me, so I got in there. I knew how to do this thing. Right. And she said, the teacher made me work with the dumb students. <laughs> I tried no to train way. them. So yeah. when she got into teaching a class, I asked her, because women want to be taught by women, so I have to deal with the judging factor. Right. And so I was like, can you teach? She says, yeah. And I said, well, can you do more than make a knickknack? Because a lot of the welding classes mm-hmm. teach you the fundamentals by making like a chain link into right, a right. lamp or, mm-hmm. or all kinds of stuff, which is okay, but it doesn't make a, uh, a community impact. So I asked you, what could you make? And she said, I want to make uh, handicap-accessible ADA-compliant wow. ramps. Wow. And so... Now that's what they're working, working on. on. And so that is, that is you know, and that's going to benefit the community. One of the things yeah. I tell makerspaces is, is good work equals good money. Mm-hmm. If you do as a nonprofit, a lot of the, most of these are nonprofit. Now, right. There are a few profit, for-profit ones, but, and I don't really care as long as they do it. But the nonprofits, the more they do things for their community, mm-hmm. the more they're going to get more funding, more grant, more Absolutely. credibility in right. their community. Very true. The more you support the community, the more the community supports you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important that they build these kind of things more than just knickknacks. That's one of my criticisms with uh, 3D printing. They can make all these little dolls and all these Mm -hmm. little bitty knickknacks for your desk. But until you make something that's actually a prototype or developer, something that's functional, you're not really adding anything. And so... So that's the challenge of the maker movement is making something that's useful. Absolutely. 
It is the weekend edition of Community Focus, heard Saturday and Sunday mornings here on our intercom stations. Thank you, Radio Family, for your great company and, of course, the company of members of our Community Focus family. That definitely is the case with, with Joel Leonard. Joel, that sounds a lot as to the next question or part of the next question I wanted to ask you. What has excited you the most or even the least about the maker movement? Well, what I love is seeing young people progress. Absolutely. Uh, seeing, as I said earlier, getting the old timers, uh, pulling them out. I got to tell you about a place in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We were right beside of the World Maker Fair last year in New York, and there was this group that was beside us, and we needed a place to stay. And so they, they said, come on. So yeah. we went to this place in Tottawa, New Jersey, and uh, it was a maker space. They had couches. They let us stay there. But we got to see their community. And they mm-hmm. had this kid that was 28 years old that grew up basically crafting his whole life. Wow. He had Andre the Giant Syndrome where he mm-hmm. I had the, uh, I forgot what the term is called, but basically he, he they called it young enough that he could be able to not be seven foot tall, mm-hmm. but his feet were size Shaquille O'Neal size wow. shoes. And so people yeah. were stealing his shoes at seven, eight years old wow. because they were adult size shoes. Mm-hmm. So his parents wouldn't let him play outside. So he had to do something. So he did all his craft. Wow. So by he's 28, he goes into a meeting underneath the table. He's mm-hmm. making a, a clay skull and, and it comes out oh, and unbelievable. he ain't even looking yeah. at it. He's just doing it. Just for, doing it. And, and so, <laughs> so That's a skill. <laughs> but what, what I love about that is there was also a 78-year-old man whose mm-hmm. wife died. He's been long retired, and he's looking for something to do to stay engaged. Right. And they've become like grandfather and, and son, and grandson, son. and they wow. have worked, whenever this guy named Urbano needs something, mm-hmm. Stanley just wow. he says, I'd like to get a a a a, a sander that's a, a multi-positional, mm-hmm. an adjustable sanding device. Right. Two days later, Stanley made him one out of a wow. out of a pool motor mm-hmm. that ran a pool, cool. and 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 then took a, a bearings off of a skateboard, mm-hmm. and he fabricated him a custom adjustable sander. That wow. give you angles on yeah. making stuff that you could normally never Boy. get, yeah. and and so those kind of partnerships where you've got the uh, younger generations mm-hmm. and the older generations getting gaining new life, and the younger exactly. generations gaining new experience and right. insight. Very true. It is just seeing those things develop, and I've got this kid. I tell you, I, I call him RP. Mm-hmm. His his nickname's RP because he's my retirement plan. <laughs> I'm thinking this kid, he's 21 years old. He's in Silicon Valley now. He's been advising millionaires for years on various technical things. Mm. He was only 17, came into the forge. He comes into the forge, and we're, I'm sitting there trying to read the manual. I read a paragraph, push a button. Read a right, paragraph, right. push a button. This kid just absorbs it all, and then he's pushing like 50 buttons, and then he's Amazing. using the 3D printer to make better parts for the 3D printer. Wow. <laughs> How amazing is that, right? And then we got him a job at the 3D printing place. He made this. And then he starts making like 100 of them. He gets bored. He ends up writing the code to write the middleware between the software and the hardware. Then he finds out about a scholarship in San Francisco where Mm -hmm. he could get a free education. Yeah. 
So he goes to San Francisco, he gets a degree, and now he knows how to do stuff oh. most people don't know how to do. Right. So he comes back to the East, and he's like, darn, I need to go back. So now yeah. he's in San Francisco, and guess what? He's right. trying to get approval right now to get me funding to go over there with him Ooh. and introduce him to some of the heavy hitters yeah. I know over there. That is amazing, Joe. What <laughs> That definitely is a lot to be excited about. Well, let me let me uh, ask you this question too. Here, what are let, let's discuss for the next few minutes in the time you're remaining. And you're right; it goes by so quickly. What are next level jobs? Let's let's chat on that a little bit. Well, you know, we've got so much technical uh, capabilities here right. that we. I mean, heck, it was ten years ago that or 2006 they came mm. out with the iPhone. Right, right. I mean, now we can't live without it, mm-hmm. and and so it's. Uh, uh, so many technical code jobs, all all the different things nowadays. It right. requires a technical capacity. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the next generation of jobs. That's right. why uh, I've been again advising maker spaces around the country to be involved in their community and hosting next level job fairs. Mm-hmm. Because the more you can uh, help people get jobs, uh, the more your maker space can make that transition from a geek club to a real right. true workforce development center. Exactly. Exactly. So, so those, and, and again, we got 3.5% unemployment now, mm-hmm. and companies are begging for machinists. They're begging for people that can write the code, right, to run exactly. the machines, to be able to interface with it. And, you know, it, it's not that far away. We are moving to autonomous cars. We're mm-hmm. moving to uh, really a whole nother world. I mean, drones are all over the place. Very true. And uh, I was just at an event recently. They're using drones to fight other drones. I've heard about that. Yeah. That is quite interesting. That really ties in nicely with what's next for Joel Leonard as you continue to jet set around the world, my friend. Well, one of the things that happened last year was I got, uh, I was so bored and so, you know, you sitting at home waiting for Hurricane Florence to come through. Believe it or not, uh, I got uh, turned on to the Cajun Navy, mm-hmm. and I helped organize and set up in two days, and actually 24 hours, I set right. up the North Carolina response, and we had over uh, 40-some people, and we had over 50 boats, and we responded wow. to Hurricane uh, uh, Florence. Well, now I'm helping the response to the uh, campfire in Paradise, mm-hmm. If I go to California's trip, I will be there, and I'm actually going to be deploying. Mm-hmm. Next year's a year 2020. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that we need to be looking into the future and having a vision for year 2020. So we're going to be we're building time capsules to mm. be deployed in 50 and 100 years, or right. to be opened up. Right. And so one of the things that happened is the people at the campfire are actually uh, we've got a guy in Sacramento who's actually getting 10 boxes, cubic foot boxes, mm-hmm. and they're going to be putting in artifacts from that 20,000 people who lost oh, their homes and yeah. or 20,000 homes were oh. lost. And so they're going to let people tell their stories. Mm-hmm. So 50 years from now and 100 years from now, they'll be able to look back and see what happened, happened. to their ancestors. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And Joel. so, yeah, that's a project I'm working on. Yeah. I'll be in June. I'll well, Next week I'll be in... Uh, um, Harris or Lynchburg this weekend, um, mm-hmm. going to be in Miami, April 6th and 7th. I don't know if I'll be able to go to Burlington Maker Fair, but I encourage everybody to go. Right. Um, and, but I'm going to be June 14th to the 16th mm-hmm. with Adam Savage from Mythbusters. We're going to be in Chattanooga yeah. at the Nation of Makers Conference, NomCon. Oh, wow. 
And we're going to be building stuff as well as having some intense conversations on what do we do. We've had too many maker spaces who, again, are nonprofit. They're barely hanging on. We've had mm-hmm. quite a few of them go under. So we got to figure out how to sustain that and keep that going. Right. So that's my life's mission now is to go around the country and coach maker spaces. I come back here as often as I can, and I try to help out um, our area. But I love what you do. I'm so proud of you. And Likewise. what you do for this community is Likewise, so Joel. needed. And, and, again, it blows me away. I go to the bank, and it's been years since I've been on there, and people <laughs> yeah. know my voice. Still, you're right, exactly. And they still uh, <laughs> you know, say, you're the guy that was on the Tom Joyner Morning Show talking about maintenance jobs a long time ago. And yeah. Say, yeah, that's me. That's you. And so then- here we are. We're building young kids and turning them into technicians, and so they can also have a bright future. Absolutely. And with my final question of the morning, Joel, as far as seeing you on social media, how can one get additional information about the maker movement or if they need to contact or reach you directly? Well, again, Facebook. Yeah, I'm not giving out my cell phone because yeah. I used to do that. Boy, those people that. would right, be right. I remember that. They'd be calling that. me up. Yeah, man. I think social media will be your best oh, bet. My, I have a Facebook, and they can look for a red hammer on my dashboard and that's me i'm the joel leonard with the red hammer on his dashboard. very good <laughs> but uh i'm also on linkedin good. and uh but yeah i mean it's been amazing i don't know if you knew this but the city of greensboro gave me the game changer award and all and the baseball stadium over eight thousand people were there wow yeah i mean it was amazing they also it was the last game for the dog that used to go around oh, so that's right. there were yes. more people cheering for the dog than me but <laughs> Well, Joel, I am just so proud of you. And any time that you take the time out of your busy schedule, thank you, my friend, for all you do. And let's not let as much time go by I hope to not, where you can return I miss to the you program. And I think miss what you you're too. doing is great. And I hope that more people get involved in the maker movement. There's one in Winston called Mixer. There's one in Greensboro called The Forge, Forge Greensboro. And then uh, Steam Junction in uh, in Burlington and the Chair City Makerspace in Thomasville. These are local resources at your disposal. Absolutely. And go to a maker fair and be changed. Thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you, Joel, for your great company, great information that's been shared here in our public affairs program. So, Radio Family, you know what you need to do? Take Let's advantage make of it. happen. That's right. <laughs> I like that. And a perfect way to bring to a close another weekend edition of Community Focus. Thanking you, Radio Family, for the good things you're doing in the communities as well. Keep up that great work. And until that next time, no goodbyes. Just until next time. Have a great rest of the day and enjoy the remainder of this weekend. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.